Another thing that I say, and I don't say this as much because nobody wants to hear it, but like a beef steak is not a Bitcoin event. Like it's it's really not. Like I think that it's like these, and I think about these meetups the same way. You know, like if if you went to a beef steak and you had a great time, even if Bitcoin goes to zero, like it still served its purpose, right? Like Bitcoin could fail, and I still would consider the beef steak a success if people had a good time doing it and. You know, made memories and made friends and stuff like that, and I and that's what these guys are doing around Bitcoin, yes, but also just like I think it improves people's lives, and I think that's you know, or, or it potentially improves people's lives, and I think that's just like a, you know, what more could you do with your life, like or your time? I think that's like a great thing. To do. Welcome to the Builders and Bitcoin Podcast, a podcast about the people who bring Bitcoin to life. I'm your host, Rod, and I go by the handle BitKite on Twitter. I was lucky enough to have Awaste Slice, the man sharing the art of the beefsteak with Bitcoiners across the U.S., in the studio with me to discuss his mission to bring people from all over to the table to enjoy his unique and satisfying feast. In this episode, we dig into what a beefsteak is, the history behind the beefsteak, the perks, pitfalls, and strategies of growing an event and community, and a lot more. I sincerely enjoyed this conversation, and I hope you will too. So let's just jump right in. Away Slice, how the heck are you? I'm doing good, man. It's good to be back at Bitcoin Park. Yeah, man. It's good to see you. Um, are you comfortable? Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't be more. I got my boots off. Good. Airing out the old walkers. The uh, Your dogs were barking? Something like that. I know we were just talking off air, but... Um, I, I've been finding so much joy in doing these podcasts because, you know, getting one hour or so of uninterrupted time with friends to catch up on uh, uh, selfishly with the questions and the topics that I want to talk about. So I uh, couldn't appreciate uh, this more. Yeah. Amen. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Man. I'm honored. Um, we got a lot to talk about, um, but I know. I know we were just talking like a little bit off air again as well, but the the jingles and you know your beefsteak, like as you're you're creating a beefsteak, you mentioned a playlist, like what, and we'll get into what is a beefsteak. But I am curious, like how do you even come up with your playlist? Hmm. You know, uh, there's some things kind of determine the tr- the direction that I try to go with a beefsteak. I guess it's a historic event, so I always kind of start a little bit with the time period that the beefsteak would happen. Mm. Um, but then there's also kind of like the, the the aesthetic feel of the place that the beefsteak is happening, you know. So, for instance, a Miami beefsteak is going to feel more Miami, obviously, than something like a Nashville beefsteak would feel. So I kind of go for that time period, maybe music from that part of the country from that time period in the in the beginning of the night and then kind of like creep it more into modern upbeat feels later on in the evening. Um, and you know, sometimes I can reel in a band that can just, that feels good. Like in Austin, we had this band called the Texas String Assembly, which I could not say the day of the beefsteak, but they were awesome. You know, they're kind of like a cross between like a bluegrass country band and like upbeat, just kind of like had a lot of energy. Um, so that makes it easy. That makes my job easier. But it. And, you know, it's just one of those, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that happens in the background. I feel like no one ever notices the playlists, but I do spend a ton of time making playlists specifically for every beefsteak. Yeah. And that's just something I like doing also. I've been to, I think, I have four aprons now, and it's a collector's item, even though they're probably like, you know, a couple bucks from Walmart and there's no uh, 
branding or anything like that on them, but I still hang them up in my home office and uh, <laughs> they are there. And, uh, but I, I think, you know, when we say beefsteak, and I'm curious to know um, your answer when someone asks you, what is a beefsteak? But I will say from my perspective, it is truly like a full on experience, whether, you know, from uh, eating amazing meats to am having amazing dinner conversations to feeling the culture of the given town or city that we're in. Um, and I'm honored to have, you know, host uh, and have you here for the, the beefsteak here in Nashville. Awesome. Thank you. It's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So like, so when someone randomly does come up to you, um, not really anymore, but um, by the way, do you remember the first time we met? It had to be at CK's house. It was right? at CK's house yeah. on his rooftop. Back w in the day. Was that your – and how many beefsteaks have you done? Oh, man. I have no idea. No idea. Maybe because they're not all on the record. Um, so maybe, There is a record? Yeah, maybe 10 or 12 or, you know, some of them kind of fly under the radar. Got it. Which is by design. Yeah. So from my experience that night, and I remember it vividly – I'm like, I was, you know, we were, were organizing Bitcoin 2019. The We were in the bear market. I mean, price of Bitcoin was like 3K. CK is like, I'm going to do this like event before the the um, the conference. I'm like, all right, man, that's uh, that's on you. And then I, I got this buddy, a waste slice. He's going to, you know, cook some meats on my grill and blah, blah, and it'll be fun. I'm like, okay, cool. You're one of the most welcoming person you're like, I'm, I introduce myself and you're like with your tongs, you're like, hey, try this. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And then that was my first experience with beefsteak and, and meeting you. Yeah, that's so funny. I think, uh, you know, like we're talking about like planning these things and all the like the work that goes into making it happen. I don't think I have like a – I often don't feel like I have – everybody talks about workflow, you know, like how mm -hmm. they just can – Sarah sit at a computer and like just do something for three hours. I had that does not exist in my life <laughs> unless I'm standing at a grill. I think that's probably my so, so I'm glad that you remember that because I would not remember that. That's kind of like my in the zone moment. But it's also a day like you know, you meet a bunch of people on the same day. I didn't know a lot of those people coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty fun. Uh, night. I mean, there was like probably 40 people on that uh, tight rooftop deck in San Francisco. Um, again, I'll never forget it. Um, so what is a beefsteak? It's so funny. I was thinking about that as you were saying it earlier. I, my elevator pitch is that it's all you can consume steak and beer with no utensils or napkins. And, uh, the thing I love about that elevator pitch is you can just see immediately whether or not someone is into it. They are either, they're like, when's the next one going to be? You know, like they either want to know that they're, or they're kind of like, oh, that sounds interesting. You know, like they kind of give like a canned response. Um, but for the more like esoteric question, what is a beefsteak? I, and I hate this about myself. I try not to, I try more to define what it's not um, and then let people define what it is for them. Right. So like, it's not a dinner, you know, like you don't leave hungry, but it's not a dinner. You know, it's not a. It's not a carnivore event, you know, like there's lots of meat, but it's not targeted at any one person or groups of people or whatever. I just try to like create some parameters and hope people can make memories there. Yeah, it, there's a lot of similarities to a meetup. And that's why I was really excited about this uh, uh, chat, not only just catching up with you, but just this chat because 
Um, you know, this will be aired uh, after we do um, our private event here, which is called Grassroots Bitcoin, which um, it, we've invited over or about 100 meetup organizers from all over the U.S. and actually some from outside the U.S. Uh, to come here to Bitcoin Park and spend two days, you know, uh, meeting, d building relationships, trading best practices, and getting to learn more about Bitcoin. But to that point with the beefsteak and a meetup, you know, you go to a meetup, you know, to, to really develop relationships and build out these uh, different types of experience in a unique way. And so it's not just like this one thing. And I think you do a really good job about setting a framework or I like to call them guidelines when I'm organizing the meetup here to help enhance everyone's experience. Like some one of the similarities we have is like a no photo policy, yeah. right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm curious to know your thoughts on the no photo policy and why you do that because uh, I'll say this, for an, uh, for an experience like yours, it is like one of the most photogenic <laughs> type of opportunities. And if you want to quote unquote blow up, you just be, hey, add this hashtag and please, you know, at me. But you don't do that. So I, mean, I am curious to know your thought process there. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I, I feel like a DNA test is a good example. Like you're – Interesting. You're, you're not only responsible for your privacy. You're responsible for everyone else's privacy, right? When you, when you get a DNA test, you're compromising the pr privacy of everyone related to you. And the same thing happens when you take a picture in a room full of people. Like even if it's your buddy, everybody in the background is there at that time, uh, you know, recorded in your picture forever. And it, there's something about just respecting that. And then, you know, the reason that that's there is in our community, and I don't know if community is the right word, but in the Bitcoin world, some some of my favorite people are super privacy conscious and I want for them to know that they can come to these events and not have to worry about that sort of thing. So that's the policy. And we do take it pretty seriously. Yeah. And 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 same here. Um at our meetups and so on, because a lot of these folks I take a lot of pride and responsibility and I think you do too, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, in terms of when people spend time with us to make it the best experience they could have. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know, you have, we have families, we have friends, we could be trading that time anywhere else in the world, but we decided to spend it with you at Waste Slice, yeah. uh, with Rod and Matt at Bitcoin Park. So how do we make that the best two hours? How do we make it the best four hours of their life? Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's like a, it's like with parenting, there's like a tightrope there where you want to, you want to create a, a, a place where they can have an experience not tell them the experience they should be having. Mm -hmm. And I say that with parenting because there's like this line where you like, you have these things you want to give your kid. Sometimes you're trying to give them something you wish you had had or sometimes you're trying to give them something you think they should have. And then there's this other thing that is the thing they need, right? And that can be really hard for us to figure out because it's clouded by like what we're trying to give them. Um, but in the end, all we want is for them to be happy. I'm I'm speaking for myself and my kids. Like I, you know, you just want for them to have the best possible life. And 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 that's not always giving them what you think they need or want them to have. Totally. And we're going to go on a tangent because I've been thinking a lot about this. And I, now I have more kids. Ever since maybe the last time I've seen you, I've not, uh, you know, and it was only six months ago. I think I have like six more kids. But 
Um, that was a joke, everybody. Um, it was a half joke. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. Because <laughs> um, you mentioned happiness, right? And um, happiness to me is relative to the person and their they it's up to them to figure out their own happiness like of course do we want our kids to be happy but i have zero control over that what i have control over is hopefully health education and figuring out the best potential to get them in the place that they can create purposeful work or purposeful value in their community and life mm-hmm. hopefully find a partner and then that will figure out happiness uh, for them, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And also going to a beefsteak, and then they'll be happy. <laughs> but um, going back to the, the, the beefsteaks diet, um, agreed, on, and, and going back to specifically guidelines, um, and not to go into this like policing or anything like that, but I truly believe when people are spending time and when you, when you put these guidelines there, it really enhances the experience. So like when there's a no photo policy, we have a no talking policy during uh, any of the meetups when the presentations are going on because out of respect for these people that have maybe flown in to do their presentations or have the panel conversations, we want to give them uh, the time that they deserve. Sure. Um, and also we, we, we stay focused on Bitcoin. I mean, there's all these other meetups that, you know, can focus on a lot of other topics, but we decided to spend these two hours focused on Bitcoin, the capital B, the monetary network, and then Bitcoin, the lowercase b, the, the asset. So I I am curious on your side because I'm on the former camp when you do the elevator pitch and I'm like, I'm in, when's the next one and when's the next one? So I can just plan my life around a beefsteak. Um, what are other guidelines that you put in place for folks to really enhance their experience? I mean, going back to like, I try not to say what a beefsteak is. I just try to say what it's not. I don't, I, it's like you said, we bring people together. It's easy to kind of like confuse generating value in your life with earning money. And I don't, and I, I really try to steal, steer people away from viewing the beefsteak as a networking event, right? Like I don't want for you to hand out cards. I I have kind of like a joke that like if you pass out business cards, you'll get banned because I don't want for you to like get somebody's email and, you know, follow up with them the next day. You know, like I want for you to like make a friend, like have your phone be put away, you know, like be present, listen to the sounds, (laughs) pay attention to the playlist. You know, smell the smells, you know, like just be there with us and hopefully that you'll make a memory there and and then you'll be making memories with people um, and then you you form a bond that way. So I think, you know, maybe if anything, the goal of the beefsteak is to like to help people form bonds, not business relationships. Um, totally. So that's kind of what I try to select for, you know, just kind of like pushing people towards getting together and, and eating you know, messy food with your hands self-selects for that. You know, like you kind of have to be there with it while it's happening if you're going to be in there. This is going to be seem like a tangent, but do you think the carnivore diet is a fad or what's your take on a lot of these? Uh, oh, man. I, not I, to put I, you on the spot. No, it's good. I make a lot of parenting. I make a lot of parenting references because I just, you know, I'm a parent. It's like yeah. the, it's my main, you know, like if my, if I have a goal, it's my, my, priority in life is to be a good dad and then everything else follows. Um, so I relate a lot of things to parenting. Amen. 
I think that. Can you restate your question again so that I'm making it? So, so, so that I hit it. you you touched on uh, one of the things. It's not. It's like a carnivore centric um, event. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, eating uh, just beef and so on. And I was thinking about all these different diet fads. Like, not to put myself on the spot, but um, you know, I love Harry Sudak to death, and uh, he was on Peter McCormack's show. And right when that show started, he gives me a shout out about me being in the best shape of my life. I'm on one meal a day. I'm working out and all this stuff, which Harry, I love you to death. Thank you for that. But um, uh, I have been doing all that stuff. And so you look I'm, good. It shows. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Um, I am curious because I, I do think it's all real, especially not to again, go on a tangent, but I do think food and uh, uh, exercising is relative to the individual and their genetic makeup and what they like to do. Totally. Right? So like, yeah. Going into these fads, I am curious, like, you know, it's a beef steak, you know, yeah. there's the carnivore diet. Like, how do you think about these different diet fads? Yeah, I mean, is it a fad? And I don't know if fad's the right word, by the way. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm teeing you up in the wrong way. No, there. no, no. That's It's the right question. I was thinking about it today because, you know, like one thing, like I said earlier, it's not a carnivore dinner. I think that it's like, what what is the, oh, I was drawing the, the, the reference to parenting. What is the right thing to do when you're a parent? You know, like, think about how much that's changed over the course of our life, you know, like, in terms of when they can have strawberries and when you can have peanuts and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and, you know, if you travel 40 miles, the answer is probably different. So is it a fad? I, my short answer is I think yes, you know, because I think what turns out to be healthy for us is just constantly changing throughout the course of yep. our life. Um, what I The other thing I think about the carnivore diet is – a lot of people have never really done like an elimination diet, like a hardcore elimination mm-hmm. diet. And I think if you switch to just eating meat, it's probably the first hardcore elimination diet that a lot of people have ever done. And you don't realize how much other things make you feel crappy. Mm-hmm. So you might – I don't know what the solution there is, but I just – if you feel great eating meat, you know, that's fine. I don't know if it's going to have like – I don't know if it's going to make you live longer but if it makes you live a better life and you're happier, more power to you. Yeah. And actually backtracking to parenting, like I don't think you can teach – you can't teach happiness. But I do think you can like encourage and maybe teach optimism, mm-hmm. right? So then it's like if you're, if you're feeling good eating meat, you know, like that's what you should do. Uh, and pay attention to what makes you feel good. And as long as it's not hurting anybody, like pursue that thing. Um, and then, you know, the people that want everybody else to do it, like I can see I can see that because it made you feel good. You want other people to feel good. You want them to partake in it. And and uh, I want that too. But I, like you said, I think everybody's body is different. Everybody feels different on different diets. Like I cannot eat carbs for a month and feel totally fine. My wife just is like a crank and she's really hard and she, you know, she has like energy dips and stuff like that. So she just doesn't function the same on a ketogenic diet as I do. So it doesn't really work in our household. Yep. And I got to make the kids pasta anyway. So it's like yeah. hard for, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a fat <laughs> TLDR. Yes. Carnivore. Hot take. Yeah. Now, the elimination diet, by the way, is really interesting because it, it makes it easy just to order meat or it's easier, you know, because when you're at a restaurant, it's like, all right, no bun, no nothing. Just give me the hamburger. Yeah. No, nothing. Just give me the steak. No, nothing. Just give me the chicken. You know. That's a great. Yeah, that's a great point. It just it, it just removes decisions from your life. Rather I, than you're like, oh, yeah. is there some this type of oil on there, or is this like part of the family and blah 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 blah. Totally. Um, 
<laughs> funny, I read a book. It was recommended to me a while back. And funny enough, the title was called Plan B. Um, where was this elimination diet? Like basically A-B testing all these different foods that you would normally eat on, on a daily basis and see which ones, you know, just journal energy levels like going up or down. Um and it's just been fun, especially when you uh, bring it down to just one meal a day because you can do better testing in there. But I, there's another point uh, that you may, made, uh, especially around the happiness and optimism. And one thing that I love about the beefsteak is not only it may, eating such amazing food, but it is that social connection. And you, you said the word longevity, which is something that I've been thinking about a lot, especially with all the kids I have. The more we're connected, we're, we're all social beings, in my opinion. Um, and the more I feel I'm connected with other folks, especially Bitcoiners, the Nashville community, my family and my friends, I feel like I'm just happier. Yeah. And you're, the beefsteak, uh, from my experience, has helped further those connections uh, from people that I may not even ever even thought about uh, meeting or talking to. Um, that's why, you know, how do you look at, um, figuring out that social connection. You mentioned the dinner table type of conversation and, and connection. How do you even think about the setup of a beefsteak? You mean, when you say the setup, you mean like the physical setup of like the tables and stuff or like just traffic, like foot traffic or? Yeah, so like um, maybe paint the picture of what a beefsteak kind of is for folks that are listening to the pod because in my experience from Miami, San Francisco, Austin. I mean, the list goes on. There's all these different pockets yeah. of tables, all standing. Yeah. I don't think I've ever sat down at a beefsteak. Yeah, no, no sitting. Yeah. You, there are seating areas, um, but no seated eating. Um, and that does – that also kind of facilitates like social interaction. And like how many times have you like gone to a dinner and just sat next to a total dud? <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like a lot of people think about that when they sit next to me. <laughs> yeah, and totally. Yeah, that, that's why I love seated dinners because uh, someone will actually sit next to me. Yeah, so so it's just like that thing where it's like, uh, and it's not that like maybe that dud is not won't be a dud to someone else, right? So it's like you can move around and find your people, and 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 that's encouraged, you know. Like and and even I've like toyed sometimes with like putting different meats on different tables and just to like encourage people to go to from one place to another. But then, you know, I try to just like the mechanics of setting up the tables, you know, like there has to be enough room for people to all stand comfortably around a table and enough space between tables for people to stand around the tables and for other people to walk between those people. So there has to kind of this be this like general spacing area, which I hate blocked walkways. I have this like if I have a weird thing, it's like yeah. the nails on a chalkboard in the world. It's just like restricted walkways, you know, like where some guy just like is ignorant of blocking a walkway, which I am ignorant of blocking <laughs> walkways all the time. I hate that. I hate standing in line, which is like that's one pilot, like like service policy I have is like you, it can never take a long time to get a beer. If I, if like some places like – I love that. If some places like we're going to have two bartenders, I'm like there's no way – they're going to keep up with this many people coming to the bar. Like you need to have six bartenders. There's, I don't – I just hate standing in line for a drink. There's no reason. And actually I think what happens is when you stand in line for free drinks, what happens is you – everybody gets two drinks. This is – I say everybody. This is what I do. Everybody gets two drinks and they only drink one of them. So you end up like wasting a ton of 
alcohol and booze for that reason. If everybody knows they can get a drink, like they just finish their drink, they go grab the next one. It just removes tension. Because then you're like, you're starting to finish your drink. You're like, do I want to get in line? You want to ask, like, do you mind getting me a drink? You know, it's yeah, just yeah. like it's just like a terrible experience waiting for a drink. I kind of went off the rails there. I don't no, know. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And this is where it feels like you create, and I don't think I know the answer to this, but like how you actually even created the beefsteak. It seems like you've been to, you've been serving, serving a number of people in the hospitality world, it seems like. And you've got a lot of battle scars, it feels like, or it seems like. And you're like, if I created this amazing uh, dining experience, this is what it would look like. And you just created it. Yes, yeah, sort yes, sort of. Um, I I would say more that I modified it because it's a historic. Do you have you ever read that old article about where written in 1939, where this guy kind of goes around to all the different beefsteaks in New York and everyone's like complaining about how great they used to be and all. Have you ever read that you, article? You send it as uh, part of your. Uh, yeah. And I read it like. Three years ago, maybe? Yeah. I mean, so it's it's like a historic event. And I read that article and I was like, this sounds amazing. Especially that when people talk about what it originally was, where it was like guys eating steak and drinking beer out of pitchers in a basement. Um, and that just sounds kind of magical to me. But so then when once I read that article, I started looking for beef sticks. I was like, they probably still exist. And they do. And uh, some of them are pretty good. Some of them are great. Some of them are, you know, they all kind of split off and they all, they do different things. Like there's still like firemen in New Jersey that hold beefsteak fundraisers and stuff like that. But they do this thing where they they slice the steak and they put on a piece of bread. And whenever you want a, whenever you want a piece of steak, you have to take the piece of bread that has the piece of steak on it. But nobody eats the bread, so it's just like piles of bread everywhere. And the pile of bread signifies how much steak you ate. Um, that something about that just kind of That's feels cool. wasteful and weird to me, but it is cool. And they will have sometimes they'll have contests where you like you build a structure with your bread <laughs> pieces or make a castle or something like that. Um, but so I think I just I I just more modified it into what I thought I wanted it to be. It's like don't stand in because I went to some where I was like I left hungry, which is total bullshit. Can I cuss on this podcast? Yeah, you, yes, right. you can bleep it out. That's good. Yeah, um, and I. Well, I couldn't get a beer. It's like the long standing line. People are like bringing up. It's like hard. And you traveled to this experience too. Yeah. So I was just rather – I would rather not like just remove those tensions from the meal, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, And you can just – hopefully if you want a bunch of steak, you can eat it. Like ideally you pace yourself so you can enjoy everything. But some people don't do that. That's fine too as long as they're getting like what they – whatever they came for. So uh, Ty and I will uh, exchange uh, best practices in terms of uh, how best to prep for a beefsteak. Yeah. So what are your best practices to prep for a beefsteak? I mean Ty, bless his heart. Bless his – is he coming? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Um, I would encourage people to think about why they're coming – and then think about how they can achieve that goal, right? So, like, some people <laughs> just want to eat as much steak as you can. And if and if that's your goal, you can for sure, like, research that, you know? Um, I do wonder if it's, like, sometimes people try to eat so much that they stop enjoying it or, like, I don't know. I, I want for people to get what, the, what they came for. Yeah. And that's going to be different for everyone. So that's kind of – that's what I would encourage somebody to do is think about why you're coming – and then try to do that thing. You know, like if it's like yeah, have I, a good time or 
Totally. I just have a, I've been to a number of them. I have a pacing problem because the meat's <laughs> so good early and I'll just start eating and then I'll hit my capacity. And then, then you'll bring out like the dessert steak or like this steak, steak or like, yeah. oh, Rod, you got to try this one. This one's the XYZ steak. I'm like, ah, just now and then I'm just force feeding myself basically. And it's still so good. Um, I actually, the Miami beef steak, I landed, went to an Orange Theory workout Worked out, showered there, <laughs> and went straight to the beefsteak. That's hilarious. And then I think Ty did the same thing, or we were planning like similar uh, workout regimes and then going straight in. But um, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think it's just like the experience and not to overthink it. I mean, we're half joking and half serious about, yeah. about all that. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I want for people to stuff themselves. <laughs> I want for people to get like ridiculously full on on meat. That's the goal for sure. So, so you've been doing these in a bunch of different uh, cities, um, sometimes where you live and other – I mean most often uh, outside and uh, across the United States. Like how do you source the meat? And if this is a trade secret, you don't have to uh, – Yeah, no. I, it's, not, it's not a trade secret. It's always just a – it's just a – you know, the answer is different every place you go. Yeah. Um, sometimes I can get a wholesale meat guy who can help me get weird things. Sometimes I got to go to Costco, you know, or like Whole Foods or play just – it also depends on the size. Yep. Um, you know, in Miami, I was fortunate to get a bunch of good meat from these guys that bring in meat from Uruguay and, and, that, and that stuff is so good. But I can't do that everywhere. Yep. Um, and sometimes it doesn't make sense. You know, it's like there's this like – everything has trade-offs. You know, like I know that I can go to Costco and I know what I'm going to get. If I get meat from like a – a small farmer, you know, like I love, I come from a family of beef farmers. Like I love supporting those guys. But when I'm doing a big event, I'm taking a, I can be taking a big risk by getting a bunch of meat from a guy that I've never had meat from before. Um, And that's not even always their, their inconsistency is not always their fault. You know, like sometimes they have cows lined up to be slaughtered at a certain time. Slaughterhouse tells them they have to wait six months. And then it's mm-hmm. like, well, then my cow's a lot older than this next cow that's getting slaughtered. So it becomes a different product fast. So I kind of have to watch that because it's like a, you know, like I also have an internal policy that I'm only as good as my last beef steak. So I try to be really cognizant of where I might be compromising quality in a way that would affect someone's experience. Yeah. And the experience and, you know, being only as good as your last beef steak, it, it really, you know, I'm, I'm seeing, and it's kind of tying into the the meetups, these conferences, the events, which I actually think similar to podcasts, I think more is better, but it's just a different type of experience. Like, you know, these ticketed events, the bigger you grow and so on. I am interested from your perspective because you've been doing this for a number of years. Like, how do you think, because the beefsteak is awesome. It's like a unique, like I know what I'm getting whenever I go to a beefsteak, regardless of the town, city, country I'm visiting. How do you think about uh, growth? Because um, I'm just going to say, how do you think about growth? Yeah. I mean, that's for sure that is the thing that's on my mind. And I, you know, like I often joke on Twitter that the real real bubble is Bitcoin conferences. And uh, I think when you're holding an event, you have just some options on how to grow. Um, And I... You can just make it bigger and sell more tickets. You can charge more money. Um, well, so, sorry, stepping back. If you make it bigger, you're sort of diluting the experience. If you 
charge more money, you're changing your market. You know, you're just making it inaccessible to people. Um, and then the third option is really to just curate it. Um, and maybe curate is not the right word because it makes it sounds more cherry picky than what it is. Um, I for sure I internally, and I mean within my heart, not necessarily internally inside the beefsteak business, struggle the most with ticket sales because it's not. I don't want for it to be this exclusive event um, that only fancy people can go to. So for that reason, I try to keep the cost down. Um, like the TLDR is that I've gone the route of curating it um, and sort of it's a evolving process, but sort of using the New York marathon process, which is that like if you ran the last marathon, you have a better chance of getting into this one. If you've never ran the marathon before, you can enter the lottery and then, you know, you get thrown in the tumbler and maybe your name gets pulled out. Um, but even that's been a little bit of a struggle. So I, personally, I'm struggling with how to grow the beefsteak because I want to – I want for it to maintain its quality. I think the thing that determines whether or not I do a beefsteak now is am I hitting a new market? You know, like I also don't want to exhaust – like how many beefsteaks can a guy go to for real? You know, like uh, – there's 12 months, there's 52 weeks, there's 365 days, yeah. there's yeah. three meals. Yeah. Well, that's a fa that's a bullshit. So there's one meal a day, so 365. So yeah, 365. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously the answer is different for everybody, but it's like, <laughs> you don't want to, I don't want to exhaust the market. I don't, and even this sounds generic the way but I say also it. Also your you know, time, like, by the way. Like, yeah, well, that's this, it too. And that's sure. what I was also curious about because, um, so first off, I am so grateful to you. You're spending your time with us. We're going to be doing a beefsteak for our uh, grassroots Bitcoin attendees. You've brought the ticket price extremely attainable for these folks um, because as I was – I had Slim on the podcast and we were, I was – I mentioned like Bitcoin and I was – and Sid just came in town. Uh, thankfully, great to see him. And we were just joking uh, this morning like Bitcoin meetup organizers are rare breeds. You just start a meetup with no like economic incentive and you just do it. And whether you're in, uh, you know, California, Sioux Falls, uh, you know, Chicago, Nashville, Tennessee, Huntsville, you name it, you start it and you do it. Um, you may not have the means to go and uh, fly to conferences and buy those uh, a bigger ticket price and so on. But then when these type of experiences do pop up on your radar, um, I'm very grateful that we're able to make that uh, experience. And I think a number of these folks, it's going to be their first beefsteak uh, for them to attend. Um, and I didn't know where I was going with that point. I'm just very grateful that this is happening. Yeah, I mean, I'll pick it up. I, I think that um, it's what they do is so important. You know, it goes back to like the thing that I was saying about the beefsteak. It's like you want for people to create bonds, right? And these guys that are hosting meetups, however they're doing it, you know, everybody kind of does it differently. They're just creating a space where like you can have a beer with somebody, right? And and uh and just chill out and talk like we're talking right now and 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 talk about Bitcoin. And a lot of times, you know, like every everybody jokes about it, but it is true that my wife hates to hear me talk about Bitcoin. So she's like, go to your fucking meetup and get it out of your system. And then I want to hear about it. And so um, – Think – isn't it amazing that we met 
our significant others before Bitcoin. I, I actually, again, quick tangent, I get nervous for my Bitcoin friends, especially my guy friends uh, that are really into Bitcoin uh, that don't have a, uh, a girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. And their and their whole thing is like, should I date a Bitcoiner? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like I don't know, man. Yeah, <laughs> but there is like there's an idea like there is like a Bitcoiner dating app. I'm sure it's going to happen. Oh yeah. Um, remind me to tell you a joke later. I got a joke for you about the Bitcoiner dating app. It's not about a Bitcoiner dating app, but that's what's <laughs> going to help me remember the joke. So, uh, but going back to those the, the meetup organizers, mm-hmm. another thing that I say, and I don't say this as much because nobody wants to hear it, but like. A beefsteak is not a Bitcoin event. Like it's it's really not. Yeah. Like I think that it's like these – and I think about these meetups the same way. You know, like if if you went to a beefsteak and you had a great time, even if Bitcoin goes to zero, like it still served its purpose, right? Like totally. Bitcoin could fail and I still would consider the beefsteak a success if people had a good time doing it and, you know, made memories and made friends and stuff like that. And I, And that's what these guys are doing around Bitcoin, yes. But also just like I think it improves people's lives and I think that's, you know, or, or it potentially improves people's lives. And I think that's just like a, you know, what more could you do with your life like or your time? I think that's like a great thing to do. Yeah. What are your aspirations and what do you want to do? Uh, couldn't agree more. And not to, to – uh, but I'll give you a comparison to the stuff that we're doing here at Bitcoin Park. And at the end of the day, Bitcoin is a tool and how do you use that tool or how do you want to use that tool is up to you. And um, – um, figuring out, and by the way, going back to also the growth side, I do think, especially you found a, a great founder market fit because I feel like you've, yes, uh, 1939 beef steaks happen and so on, but you've taken this historical like concept and you've made it your own unique way and you've brought it to life, which is, you know, the point of this podcast and figuring out or at least let me I'll, I'll give you my answer on your growth you know those three uh, mm-hmm. um, pillars if you will um, you have a family I have a family so every and I try to sleep eight hours a day so there's 16 hours in a day I'm trying to figure out where and my time capital and reputation is all in on Bitcoin from a works perspective I'm very fortunate I, I get to choose where I want to spend my time so where do I want to spend my time and who do I want to spend my time with so that's where it goes on more the curation side. I, you know, again, to each their own. If people want to go super high growth and like, you know, millions of people at a, a, a price point, more power to you. No, no knock. Um, if people want to, you know, um, increase ticket sales and, you know, do it that way, more power to you. I think the experience of people to be around also while finding new people that are interesting and that uh, enhance my own life. Um, is where I've found a lot of joy um, mm-hmm. and a lot of um, fulfillment in my life. And I think that, you know, b- creating these meetups, creating these workshops, and now in 2023, creating more um, focused Bitcoin events um, that have, and we only have a, a max amount of, uh, of, of finite amount of space here, I think will continue to enhance uh, my own personal joy. So I don't know if that's helpful for you as you're thinking through these different type of um growth conundrums, if you will. Yeah. I think it's just an ongoing, just an ongoing process. You know, it's like a good problem to have for sure. Um, like my heart wants for everybody that wants to come to a beefsteak to come to a beefsteak. Um, but my mind knows that I have to maintain some 
barriers to keep the quality up and, you know, make sure that it is what, what I hope that it is for people. By the way, now going back to, um, to the Bitcoin side of the beefsteak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do love the fact that uh, you you don't use IBEX. You don't use like an open node. You don't use like any of the like uh, – and by the way, no knock on these guys. We use IBEX here and we're going to use like open node and Breeze and we're going to use all of them. Like I love tinkering with all of the, the these folks. Yeah. Um, of course, we're going to use BTC Pay Server. But you use solely BTC Pay Server. And are, do you have a tech background? Not at all. Not at all. And you can – probably tell that by looking at my <laughs> BTC pay server stores. Um, I got a, I have, now I have a crutch in like the Dolly 2 AI generator things. So I just use them for all my logos or not logos, but just whatever pictures I'm putting up. But I do not have a technology background. Uh, I was fortunate to have just a few people early on that I could ask a bunch of questions to about BTC pay server when I was like going through the process of like getting it to work and figuring out things. And there's still some hiccups and things um, and some and there and they change stuff. So, and every once in a while I have to like relearn a thing, refine something in their new UX about how to how to do what I used to be able to do more easily. And so that's tricky. I, I think that um, there's something about not having not having to contact customer service, right? Like it, when I originally used open node and I and I swapped out just because it was kind of like a growing like a growing pain. And they were they were always awesome. And I love those guys. I think OpenNode is a great project. Um, but I ended up switching out to BTC Pay Server because I was like, if something goes wrong, it's on me, you know, like within within reason. And so it just kind of like puts the, puts the onus on me to make sure everything's working right. That's an interesting perspective. I think you tweeted something about customer service, like uh, customer support. Oh, my God. Yeah, just, yeah. Um, just because it's like, you know, you pay for a thing. I had this thing where, like, we were we were flying and we had paid for all these special seats, and then you get we get our tickets and like we weren't in the special seats anymore, and and I was like, no, it's just this whole back and forth. And they're like, I was like, can you just refund me? And they were like, well, you have to contact customer service, oh, ask for a refund. I'm like, it just how much of your time do you spend? trying to plug the leaks you know it's just like every little thing that you pay fifteen dollars or some subscription you thought was canceled and it's still there and like all of a sudden this magazine shows up that you thought you would can you know just like don't dox yourself in terms of your age when the magazine <laughs> yeah it's uh, true bitcoin magazine it's right here on that, the table that's right that's right <laughs> No, it's it's apps <laughs> for the kids these days. It's apps app subscriptions. Yeah, that's right. That's a good example. But I mean, just like you know, I have a I have a to do list, and on my to do list, in my to do list, I have like a money thing, and it's just like it's so long of like asking for refunds, making sure I got this money back, but it represents thousands of dollars, you know. So it's like I have to just set aside day a day and just go through that list and like check everything off make sure it's getting there's taxation there's oh. inflation and then there's these recurring sub costs like the new york times like hey you signed up for this free trial like okay cool that's I a want great it. example the free trial oh. i mean like you didn't cancel it <laughs> yeah of course and it's, even if you set a reminder and then you like 60 percent 70 i'm making a percent like don't do the cancellation and then they have to go through all the oh by the way to to sign up, it's two clicks, cool, and pay to, with your Apple Pay, boom, good. Hey, I'd like to cancel my subscription. Yeah, call in this one eight hundred number. You're on hold for forty nine minutes. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that's just like so. Whatever it is, it's like 
How Thank do you, you cancel a beefsteak ticket? Um, you have a customer support? <laughs> yeah, I am the customer support. <laughs> um, I That's the other thing. I mean, I do try to, like, make sure that no one ever has that feeling with beefsteak to get customer support. I imagine there's some frustration sometimes when I get slammed and I'm trying. People are wanting to get tickets and stuff like that. But beyond that, hopefully I... I'm able to like, but that's like more on the acquisition side versus like the uh, experience side of like, hey, I have a question about X, Y, or Z. I mean, that's why I like how simple your value prop is in terms of the experience. Hopefully, hopefully it stays that way. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully it stays that way. Well, um, we got a lot to do here in Nashville. You just flew in and jumped right into the pod, which I really appreciate. Um, and I know I used the word grateful like probably 15 times and Tom will fact check me on that. Optimism. Optimism. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Um, but I am grateful for you to spend the time. I think it's going to be amazing for the Nashville community. We have an action-packed two days ahead of us in terms of the Bitcoin Park Open House, the Nashville Bitcoin Meetup, to- both of those tomorrow. And then we're doing Grassroots Bitcoin, which I hope, uh, Matt and I hope um, to have uh, and host every year for meetup organizers from around the world. Um, yeah, it's like similar to kind of the beefsteak in a way. It's kind of grassroots, you know, telegram, you know, word of mouth in terms of what we want to build and then year over year uh, expand from it. But um, I do think um, – the beefsteak is going to be the the cherry on top of the entire experience for all these folks. So thank again, you, thank you very much. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. And it's an honor to do this for the meetup guys too. Thank, thank, I'm grateful to them for all that they're doing. Yeah, totally. In their communities, whether it's like, you know, uh, two people at a bar just talking about Bitcoin and then hopefully that's their own little gravitational force, if you will, that's consistent so that other people can have a place to learn about Bitcoin to the all the way to the hundreds of fi- hundreds of people that go to a BitDevs or another type of uh, meetup. Um, extremely grateful for those folks. Um, all right. Well, now everyone's excited that has never been to a beefsteak uh, that wants to go to a beefsteak. Uh, away slice what's the best way for folks to reach you contact you or stay up to date on uh, future beefsteaks i think probably just twitter is the best thing to do just ping me on twitter away slice at at away slice um and just look for me there awesome man well look forward to hanging obviously for the rest of this week and uh thank you again so much yeah for sure thank you man Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with The Way Slice as much as I did. Bringing people together to share an unforgettable experience is what a beefsteak is all about. And A Way Slice has mastered the art of doing just that and being such an exceptional host. If you're enjoying the pod and want to automatically stay up to date, please like and subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. And make sure auto-download is on. This would also mean the world to me. And of course, come visit us in Nashville at Bitcoin Park. Bitcoin community here in Nashville goes stronger by the day. We hinted at a number of events, workshops, and meetups, and now, heck, we have a Nash BitDevs. More to come on this, especially in 2023. So if you want to be the first to know, join our meetup page at bitcoinpark.co and check the show notes for this episode for a link to the Bitcoin Park Discord community server so that you can stay connected with us. Until next time.